No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Two of the longest chapters in the book of Leviticus are dedicated to the disease of leprosy. Believe it or not, it could even spread to a house. What does God do when the house is defiled? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. The Holy Spirit spent two of the longest chapters of Leviticus talking about the disease of leprosy. We have seen that this is a picture of sin. We've seen how it applies to infectious skin diseases, but today we'll see it also applies to houses. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 14, verse 33. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you have come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, and I put the leprous plague in a house in the land of your possession. No doubt, when the Bible spoke of leprosy, it referred to many infectious diseases. Here we see that it also applied to what would seem to be mold or mildew growing in the walls of a house. What is interesting to me is that God would give them houses in the land of Canaan as a possession, but he would also put in them a leprous plague in their house. Why would he do that? He doesn't give an explanation. There are often times that people seek to correlate misfortune with some sin on the part of the person that receives the misfortune. For example, when Jesus encountered a man who was born blind, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Jesus never really answered their question. He didn't blame anyone for the misfortune. He only indicated that it was an opportunity for God to reveal his works. And I am convinced that when misfortune strikes, if we would ask God, Lord, what would you teach me through this? We would be much happier and at peace. Rather than becoming angry and frustrated or anxious, our eyes would be open to see the greater work that God is doing. One day, I hope to reach that level of spiritual maturity. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. Verse 35. And he who owns the house comes and tells the priest, saying, It seems to me that there is some plague in the house. And then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it to examine the plague, that all that is in the house may not be made unclean. And afterward, The priests shall go in to examine the house. As we've seen earlier, the priests served as a kind of public health inspector. So if you had a mold problem, you would call the priest to come check it out. He would inspect your house, and if he saw some plague, mold, or mildew, then he would order that everything be removed from the house. I'm sure this included the people and the pets. Of course, We know that mold releases spores into the air, 
So you don't want to remain in a house breathing those spores in. But they had no such scientific knowledge of this some 1,500 years before Christ. Verse 37, And he shall examine the plague. And indeed, if the plague is on the walls of the house with ingrained streaks, greenish or reddish, which appear to be deep in the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. As with leprosy on the skin, the critical issue was whether the infection had grown beneath the surface. If it had, then mere topical treatment wouldn't get rid of it. By shutting the house up for seven days, the priest had time to observe whether the situation was getting better or worse. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread on the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which is the plague, and they shall cast them into an unclean place outside the city. A spreading plague, mold or mildew, would indicate that it was active and getting worse. The only hope for the house would be to remove the infected stones and put them in the garbage dump outside the city. Recently, our 16-year-old water heater gave up the ghost. I didn't notice it at first. It wasn't until my wife told me that her shoes in our entry closet were wet. On further inspection, I discovered that our water heater had been leaking for quite some time because mold was growing behind the water heater and in the carpet of our closet. So I shut off the water supply and called a friend who does mold inspection. We ripped out part of the wall that was infected, treated the area underneath the water heater with bleach, and got some fans to dry everything out. We put the wet drywall in a plastic garbage sack to take it to the dump. Now, when you have mold in a house, believe me, you want to get rid of every bit of it. Verse 41, And he shall cause the house to be scraped inside, all around, and the dust that they scrape off, they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. I just think it's so cool how God gave these instructions, which would have had the effect of removing the mold spores from the inside walls of the house, but they didn't even know that spores existed. Verse 42, Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other mortar and plaster the house. That is really what we did in our home, except we used drywall rather than stones and tape and texture rather than plaster. Now, if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he has taken away the stones, after he has scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread in the house, it is an act of leprosy in the house. It is unclean. Pronouncing a house unclean was the same as condemning it. In other words, it was beyond repair. And he shall break down the house, its stones, its timber, and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them outside the city to an unclean place. Moreover, he who goes into the house at all, while it is shut up, 
shall be unclean until evening. And he who lies down in the house shall wash his clothes, and he who eats in the house shall wash his clothes. There is nothing you could do with an unclean, condemned house except to destroy it. Everything was to be demolished and taken to the garbage dump outside the city so that it wouldn't infect any other houses. If you had been inside the house, then you were to wash your clothes. But if the priest comes in and examines it, and indeed the plague has not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the plague is healed. If the plague hadn't spread, then you were able to cut it out when you removed the infected stones. This is like removing cancer out of the body. If you cut it all out, then it doesn't come back. At least you hope it never comes back. In this case, the priest would pronounce the house to be clean. Verse 49, And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. Then he shall kill one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. And he shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water, and sprinkle the house seven times. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet. Then he shall let the living bird loose outside the city in the open field and make atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. Now, this was the same cleansing ritual that was used for the leper in the day of his cleansing. As we said previously, the dead bird, the cedar wood, the scarlet, and hyssop all pointed to the cross. The live bird flying away spoke of the fact that the leprosy had been removed. In this case, the house was clean and the people were free to move back in. But no sacrifices were offered for atonement since the house did not need to have fellowship with God restored as a person would. Is there an application in this for us other than removing moldy drywall? There are at least three applications. First, our body is a house. We're told in 1 Corinthians 6.19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Since the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, we no longer have an earthly temple. Rather, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are not our own. We've been bought with the price of the precious blood of Christ. Have we allowed something to come within our house to defile it? Many are concerned about what they put in their bodies, but what do we put into our hearts? We let things in through the eye gate and the ear gate, and the stuff we let into our heart can defile us. We need the Holy Spirit to help us remove those corrupted areas of the heart. Second, our family is a house. Joshua told the children of Israel, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you are the head of your household, then you have a tremendous responsibility. What do we allow into our homes? Dad, do you know what is in the media that your teenagers are engaging in? 
Have you gone through it with them? Not to be the media Nazi, but to watch and listen with them, to teach them to discern between good and evil, between unclean and clean. I wonder what corrupting influences we are allowing into our homes and into the hearts of our families through television, movies, video games, and social media. Again, we need God to help us clean house. And third, Christ's church is a house. 1 Peter 2.4 says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God is fitting us together to be a spiritual house. But is there corruption in the house? We are told that judgment first begins in the house of God. Sometimes God must set things straight and even remove people who are defiling his house and causing others to sin. Verse 54. This is the law for any leprous sore and scale, for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, for a swelling and a scab and a bright spot, to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. The point of these instructions was to teach God's people the difference between unclean and clean. Do we know the difference? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's WELCOME to 208-314-3377. Leprosy was only one of the many conditions that could make a person unclean. Even normal bodily issues could isolate you. Tomorrow, we'll see that we can all have issues that make us unclean and unfit for human consumption. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.